Good morning. Good morning again. The sun is shining. Good morning. I heard Paul the other day in his writing in the fifth chapter, somewhere around the 18th verse, bro, Pat, where it says that in everything give thanks. It says everything. Our brother James took the time to write. Count it all joy when you fall into divers temptation. Then I heard Paul speak again. He says that this is for those who love the Lord when we are tested. For all of us who love the Lord, we're going to be tested. Because all things work together for those who love him. And a call according to his purpose. Since now, we set aside a time that we can come together as a team, collectively, that we can thank God. And on this day, let's give God some praise. Let's give God some hallelujah. Let's give him some hand clapping. Let's give him some toe tapping, no napping type of worship service today. Let us pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, we come to you on this day. Lord, we thank you for this day that you've given us. But Lord, before this day, there were some other days that you brought us through. And Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for today. We thank you for tomorrow. Lord, we thank you for having a place that we can come in and worship together and fellowship together and sing words of praise and say hallelujah and don't have to worry about going to jail. So Lord, we give you the praise for everything that you do on this day. And Lord, we do ask you for the one that's going to preach a word on your behalf. The words not fall upon deaf ears. Lord, let us take them in so that we may be better. Then, Lord, that we may encourage somebody else along the way. Go with us now and stand by us. Bless every family that's represented here on this day. Bless our pastors and their family. But, Lord, not only their families, but people all around your world. Because we've been taught that the earth is yours and the fullness thereof and everything that dwells therein. Go with us now and stand by us. These precious prayers, we do pray them in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. Now let everything that's under my weak voice say, Amen. 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 Anybody come to praise the Lord with us? Song says, We come to give him glory and here. Come on, here we go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are worthy. You are worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You get the highest praise. You get the highest praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are worthy. 
scripture is coming from Jeremiah 18, verses 1 through 6, and it reads, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise, and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you this morning just to say thank you, God. God, we thank you for another opportunity to be on this side of the ground, God. Lord, we just thank you for keeping us last night and we slept and slumbered, God. God, we thank you for just giving us and blessing us when we don't even deserve it, God. God, we ask that you send your anointing down upon this service today, God. Just send your angels to help us praise you, God. God, we love you. We lift you constantly, God. God, we know that you are the starter and the finisher of our faith, God. God, for every little thing you've done, we want to say thank you. Thank you, God. God, we just ask that you just bless each and every one in this building right now. Bless everyone watching, everyone that is on our hearts, God. Touch each and every soul, God. Meet us at the point of our needs, God. And God, also bless the, the God man as he comes to deliver the word this morning, God. God, just touch him in a mighty way. Move in a mighty way, God. God, open our hearts and allow us to receive the ministry that, that we're projecting out to you today, God. God, we come here to give to you, God. To offer ourselves to you, God. We didn't come just to receive, God. We came to praise your name, God. We came to say thank you, God. We came to worship you, God. We know this isn't a concert or a show, God. We came to love you. You created us to praise. And each and every one of us, God, will lift your name today, Father. Yes, God. All oh, these blessings, God. We ask in your darling son Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Yes. All right, y'all. Come on now. That was some powerful praying. And in our choir singing wonderful this morning. Let's give God praises for this wonderful choir. The way that they lift in the spirit of God. It seems that we are having some technical difficulties, but that has nothing to do with us praising God. Right. We, we, we are thankful to be here, and we are asking you to continue to lift pastor. We know he is a busy, busy man these days, and he is out doing God's work somewhere else. Yes. That's all you need to know, right? <laughs> and we got this. We got this because he has a full team of ministers who are ready and able to serve as God would have us to serve. And I'm here to do our announcements for this morning. Uh, first of all, we know that this is Thanksgiving week. Amen. And I've been saying all week uh, to everybody that I'm saying, enjoy Thanksgiving, but don't overeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We don't want nobody going to the emergency room. No, no. All right. 
Uh, our offices here will be open Monday, Tuesday, and half day on Wednesday, and then they will be closed for the rest of the week. Uh, there will not be Bibles class on Wednesday night. And um, we do have with us this, today one political candidate, uh, Wendy White. Are you here? There you are. Would you make your way to the podium on this side? Uh, we, we know that we are not through with our elections, and because we're not, we're so glad that you could find your way to church today and be with us to share with us how and why it's important for us to go back to the polls. And she is Hines County Circuit Court Judge uh, for Subdistrict 2 in the runout. And I think she's of age and able to speak for herself. So, Ms. White, would you please share with us why we should have a vote for you? I will. Thank you, Kay Chapel, yet again for allowing me to stand before you and share with you who I am and why I am standing in this position. I'm very blessed and fortunate this morning to stand in a much different position as this time I stand before you, I have the support of my friend and colleague, Attorney Bryant Guy. He and I were in this race together, and I thank you for openly supporting me um, along the campaign trail and even now. My name is Wendy Wilson-White. As I said, I am still a candidate for Hines County Circuit Court Judge Subdistrict 2. I'm a graduate of Provine High School, Tougaloo College, Clark Atlanta with my MBA in law school from MC in 2001. I have 21 years of courtroom and trial experience. I want you to understand that this is not at all a decision that I take lightly or one that I've made lightly. This is something I've prayed about and I feel led to do. Okay, I'm not taking anything for granted. Jackson and Hines County are very dear to me. This is home. Uh, my husband and I, my husband of 15 years and our two daughters, we're raising our children here. I tell people I know Jackson from what it was, the then Jackson, I know the now Jackson. As it relates to what I will bring to you, should you vote for me again on November 29th? I am currently an, an assistant district attorney in Hines County and I have been for over two years now. Prior to that, for six years, I was your chief city prosecutor for the city of Jackson. In addition to my eight years of fighting crime to make Jackson and Hines County safer places for us to live and raise our families, I have 13 years of civil litigation experience. I've been a plaintiff's attorney, a defense attorney, and for three years I was a mental health advocate. What I did for mental illness is fight for Mississippians who live with mental illness and other disabilities on a daily basis to make sure their rights were protected. When I joined the city and the prosecutor's office, I soon learned how mental illness spills over into the criminal justice system. I'm running on the platform of redefining justice, and that's because times have changed, so we need to change. We need to come forward. We need to find a different fight and win. And that's what I want to do. I'm focusing on crime fighting. We need to hold people more accountable so that we can feel safe and secure in our homes. And as we travel the streets of Jackson and Hines County, we need to evaluate mental illness and understand how it's driving the crime that we're seeing. And we need to address our juveniles and educate our community. We need you to be involved in the process. And we need to understand why our children are doing what they're doing. And we need to work together to stop it. 
I want a better life for my kids, and I want a better life for yours. This is home for me. I am fully invested here. This is no joke. We're going to have to come together and turn Jackson and Hines County around, and we can do it from the bench. That's the starting place. I need you all to get behind me and help me do this. No, I didn't win on November 8th, but I'm still a winner. I'm standing Amen. before you as a winner, Amen. and I'm asking you to continue to support me as I move forward to November 29th. Wendy Wilson White, www. Hines County Circuit Court Judge Subdistrict 2. I thank you for your prayers, your support, and your votes. Thank you for allowing me to speak. I'm so honored. I'm blessed. I'm fortunate. I'm humble. Just thank you. Thank you, Miss White. Good morning, good morning, good morning. God is in the blessing business. And if you want to be blessed this morning, it's important that you cooperate with God by giving. It's giving time. Reverend Dunn said, tithe and offerings. It is time to give. Uh, at Cade Chapel, we give for at least three reasons. We give to demonstrate our obedience to God's word. We give to demonstrate our thanksgiving to God for his provision toward us, and we give to support local and global ministry. Now, you can give for in at least three ways, uh, by texting the number on the screen, which we don't have a screen right now. Uh, where the screen up, you can uh, use the K Chapel app, which appears on the screen. You can bring your offerings uh, to K Chapel at 1000 Ridgeway Street, West Ridgeway Street, Jackson, Mississippi. And you may mail your offering to K Chapel, 1000 West Ridgeway, Ridgeway Street. <laughs> yeah. And for those who are worshiping with us, you know the procedure. You can drop your offering in the, the basket of depositories that the ushers have made available to you. God bless. Remember, it is better to give than to receive.
to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you for the gifts that have been collected in your name, God. May you bless it 40, 60, and 100-fold, God. Bless those that gave, those that, those that had a desire to give, those that had it and didn't give, and those who had not and wanted to give, God. Just bless for the uplifting of your kingdom. These blessings we ask in your darling son, Jesus' name. Amen. this morning to welcome two more into our fold and uh, we will be giving the right hand of fellowship and of course we know we're still in the COVID season so we're we're not gonna all get up but we're gonna have representatives from each of our departments and I'm asking Allison Jones and Sharon Davis if they would please come forward Amen. Look at that. Look at that one, little one. And um, do we have second person? All right. All right. That's all right. We, we, yeah, let us sing her in with. What? the daughter of our Hines County Sheriff. <laughs> the Lord adds to his army as he see fit. And then it is incumbent upon us to not just teach and tell, but to show, to show the young Christians what it means to be a Christian by our living there's a whole lot more power in saying do as I do rather than just saying do as I say. Amen. Amen. The ministry of one. Praying for others is not only a blessing for us to do, but it's also a vital part of our living this Christian life. We're commanded to carry one another's burdens as well as their sorrows. One way we can do this is by praying 
where and when we can and visiting when we can. And we have to remember that praying for others strengthens our relationship with the Lord. Let us continue to pray for our bereaved families. On Friday, we funeralized Sister Dolores Robinson. So keep the Robinson family in your prayers. And then recently lost loved ones, this week, Sister Catherine Watlington lost her son, Chris. And Chris was a member of the Voices of Love Choir, as well as a member of the Usher Board. The arrangements have not been made, and when they are made known to us, we will share them with you. Sister Roddy Singleton lost her uncle, Brother John Adams. Those services have not been arranged yet, but when they are made available to us, we will share them as well. In the hospital, nursing homes, or rehab, Brother Aaron Thompson Sr., Sister Wilma Jean Chaffee is in the rehab in Canton, Mississippi, and Deacon Cornelius Story is in the VA nursing home in Collins, Mississippi. Brother Benny Larry has been admitted now to a long-term care facility here in Jackson. Recovering at home is Representative Alice Clark, Sister Catherine Kilpatrick, Sister Gloria Greer, Brother Levi McBride, Brother Al Levy, Sister Sharon Turner Davis, and Brother Sammy Henderson. Also asking for your continued prayers are Sister Hannah Bowie, Brother Henry Davis, Brother Al Buchanan, Levincy Clark, and Brother R.T. Cage. And as we always say, pray when you can. Visit where you can, and every day of your life, thank God that you can. Yes, amen. As we prepare for the word of God, I just think it would be fitting to say to you, this is one of the sons of the house, Reverend Lewis Dunn, who will be breaking the bread of life. And I know that you know that he knows the Lord. So after the special music that we have this morning, you will be witnessing and being a part of that sermon that we are not just going to keep to ourselves, but we're going to take it out of this building and share with someone else. Amen.
church God's been good to me and as I look over at the audience the people looking at you he's been good to you as well first I want to give thanks to Almighty God 
our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to my ministers in Christ, to our musicians, to our officers. I think the best way to say that is that I'm just going to greet all saints and sinners. That way I won't be missing nobody. Amen. Well, our pastor texted me the other day and he asked me would I be able to bring the message this morning. And he informed me that the sermon series the word for the series he's been preaching on is grateful. Grateful. So by me being a military combat veteran, I know a little bit about having a, an assignment. Uh, a mission. I know a little bit about what's necessary to carry the mission out. And there's only two things that I really need to know. Uh, first, I need to know exactly, clear, without a doubt in my mind, what the mission is. And then I need to know how I am to acquire and accomplish this mission. Either by the book, or by any means necessary. All right. All right. So I texted Pastor, of course, and I affirmed that I would be more than glad to do that in his absence. And then I asked him, I said, do you have the manuscript or the transcripts? Or do you want me to use my own? It didn't take him long to answer that in return. Because you know what I was hoping he would say. He said, no, sir. Period. And even though it was a period there, for some reason, though, I saw an explanation mark. He said, you own your own. And that I automatically I understood that I am to accomplish this mission by any means necessary. <laughs> so, in order for me to accomplish that, I'm going to need your help. Can I depend on your help? Yeah, we all in this together. And I'm going to keep you safe out of bodily harm. But we're going to approach this by any means necessary. Amen. First, give me thanks and be in obedience to God. And in honor of our pastor's request, go with me as I read our text for the day in Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 through 6. 
and reads, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house. And there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house. And behold, he wrote on me a word on the wheels. And the vessels that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do as you with you as this potter, said the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. You may be seated. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now seeking your guidance and direction. First, we want to give you all the thanks for you worthy to be praised. Lord, I need your spirit right now to move in a mighty way. Touch my voice and my vocal cords. And the words out of my mouth be from you because we're hearing from you today. I pray to heaven, Father, that all of you and none of me receive the glory. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. We're going to use for a topic just briefly today, grateful in God's hand. Repeat this after me. Y'all say y'all go help me, right? I am grateful to be in God's hand. God bless you. I ask you to do that because simply because we as Christian people of faith, we ought to be positive-minded people about life. Christians, people who know God, ought to go around yes. with an extreme sense of optimism. Yes, sir. Oh, always thinking positive. Yes. We ought to be able to say things are going to get better when nobody else can say things are going to get better because of our relationship with God. And all that thought, I want to give you an authority this morning to give you a reason to believe that things are going to get better when things doesn't seem like they are going to get better. See, we have the pendant threat of wars hanging all around us. Terrorism constantly for us. Disease and violence on our streets, our communities, our schools, our churches. Unemployment, inflation is at its high. Even the water crisis we have within our city. I don't know whether or not there has been a time for optimism, a time that we need a reason to believe that things are going to get better than right now. So I want to share something with you that gives you a ground for optimism, that gives you the ground 
for us to not only be positive about life, but also to be grateful for life. Look to your neighbor and say, I am grateful for life. See, in our text today, the prophet Jeremiah in chapter 18 is solicited by God to come get some new information so he can change his attitude. See, Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. And the reason Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet was because Jeremiah, he lived in a tension between the great sense of knowing what God had done and how good God had been to the children of Israel and how unfaithful and ungrateful the children of Israel had been to God. In other words, what pained Jeremiah was that he had a profound sense of the goodness of God and a profound awareness of the disobedience of the people whom God had been good to. So this put Jeremiah into a terrible situation because he was a prophet ordained by God to speak to these people. And he had something to say because he knew how well God had treated Israel. But at the same time, he noticed that the more he preached, the worse the people got. You know, it's a terrible thing to have an assignment and you are doing your best, and instead of things getting better, things just get worse. Well, that's what happened to Jeremiah. And this became a frustrating experience for Jeremiah that he became known as a weeping prophet because he always went around in a sense of sadness, of pain, and despair. Because he carried this great pain of knowing that God's been so good and the people are so bad. See, they won't turn from their wicked ways. There seems to be trouble and sin all around the camp. So Jeremiah just couldn't take it anymore. As a matter of fact, Jeremiah became so frustrated with the children of Israel he decided he wasn't going to preach anymore. But the Bible says that Jeremiah stopped preaching, but he couldn't stop. He said, when I didn't want to go and preach anymore, I couldn't stop. It became an inward combustion. It was like fire shut up in my bones. And when I wanted to quit, I just couldn't quit for I was driven to go back and prophesy for the Lord. Well, in our text, Jeremiah is one of those moments of great despair and wanted to give up. Then God shows up and say, listen, Jeremiah, before you give up and think things can't get any better, say, come here, and go with me. I want to show you something. God is real, ain't he? And in case there is someone here this morning whose life and situation seems so messed up, 
and you think it can't get any better, well, I'm glad you showed up this morning. Before you give up, I want to show you something. Before you throw in the towel and say, I just can't take it anymore. See, that's what God says to Jeremiah. He says, come on now, Jeremiah. I know how you feel. I know how the folks have gotten on your nerves. And things are looking bad. But come on, Jeremiah. I just want to show you something. Well, the Bible says that God takes them down to the parlor house. And when he gets there, the parlor is working on a piece of clay. And while the potter is working on a piece of clay, and while the clay is in the potter's hand, it becomes more. The text says that the clay malfunctions, and it doesn't come out the way the potter wanted it to come out. It's more in the potter's hand. And Jeremiah, as he sits there, he noticed that the potter keeps on working on the same piece of clay until the imperfections and the flaws have been removed from the clay. And about that time, God speaks again. And God asked Jeremiah, of course, he said, Jeremiah, ain't I as good as the potter? He said, can I do what the potter does? Jeremiah knows not if I answer that. <laughs> Just like Ezekiel, you know, God asked the question, can these bones live? Ezekiel was smart. He said, Lord, I know this. See, now when God asks a question, it is never probing for an answer. God is asking the question to bring an emphasis on a reality. See, it's always a rhetorical question. See, the divine divinity is never probing for an answer because he is the answer. See, when he's asking a question, God is omnipotent, he's omniscient, and he's omnipresent. He is all-powerful, he is everywhere, and he knows everything. See, he does not need any question answered. See, God raises a question with Jeremiah because he wants Jeremiah to realize that he knows how bad things are. He said, but if the clay can be changed and shaped by the potter's hand, so can Israel be changed in his hand. And this morning, I want to add this, and that is, if your life is messed up and things are not getting any better, well, ain't God as good as the potter? If the potter can change the clay, can't God change your life? Can't God change your situation? Can't God change our national situation and whatever you're going through ain't God as good as the potter can't God do what the potter does look to your neighbor and say 
I am grateful that God can do what the potter does. Now that's the question. What is it that the potter does? Well, the first thing the potter does is like any artist is that he first perceives into his mind that which he wants to do. See, whenever you see something that the potter has produced, it's really an imagination of what he has perceived in his mind. And artists like Robert Beard and Jacob Law and Rose Piper, see, they first conceived in their mind what it is they want to put on the canvas, like Michael D'Angelo. Then the product works into their mind, into their hands, and on into the work that which y'all working with. Like the Weasel Brothers, yeah. Delonda Adams, yeah. Shirley Caesar, yeah. CeCe Winer, Marvin Sapp, yeah. Pat and the All-Star Choir. See, they first hear the music in their soul before they put it on the piano or their instrument. See, it first starts in the mind. For the artist has something in mind and intention that he seeks to implement or put it into practice. And like the potter, God has something in mind when he made us. See, God did not stumble upon us. When God made human mankind, God had something in mind. We're not some kind of cosmetic accident. We are the well result of divine intentionality. God had something in mind when he made us. God was about something when he made us. Each and every one of us is the manifestation of a divine intention. I want you to know today that whatever you are, whatever you are, or whatever you look like, whatever your height, whatever your shape, whatever your weight, God meant for you to be who you are. I'm no accident. I am no coincidence. I am the reality of divine intentionality. From the thickness of my lips, the flatness of my nose, the kick in my hair, the melody of the skin, all of this is no accident. But I am the result of divine intentionality. God had something in mind when he made me. But something happened. Something happened. The text says that while the potter having something in mind, something went wrong between his intention and the implication, implication of the result to be. Something went wrong. The Bible says that the clay got marred in the potter's hand. And it wasn't coming out the way it was supposed to come out. 
Now, doesn't that sound like human mankind? Sister, sister, sister? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. See, God had something in mind yeah. when he made us. Yeah. And that was for us to be perfect. For yeah. yeah. sin yeah. marred the intention of divine divinity. Yeah. Sin did corrupt God's intention. Yeah. Our disbelief distorted what God had in mind. And as a result, we're all sinners, born in sin, shaped in iniquity. And all of us ain't nothing but dirt. That's right, nothing but dirt. That's what clay is, you know. Nothing but dirt. Now, I know that's hard for some of you to accept. I see some of you looking already to my, what's wrong with that preacher up there talking about? I ain't nothing but dirt. I know that's hard to accept this morning. But that's true. Isn't that right? That's all we are. And the only thing that gives us any value is that God, the divine divinity, has deposited into our dirt. So there's no need that you become so impressed with yourself. You just, you, you just dirt. <laughs> Y'all gotta help me on that too. Now a couple of you may have a diploma. And you may have a GED, even a college degree. So, so you just credential dirt, that's all. <laughs> Y'all let me finish now, let me finish. You may be wearing some fine clothes, fine hats and fine shoes. You just dressed up dirt. You ain't nothing but dirt. You may live in a fine house, drive a fine car, you may even have a smart telephone, you may even have a big screen color TV, you may even be riding in a Harley Davidson. You just convenient dirty. So because of sin, the clay was marred. The clay became corrupted. Something went wrong with the clay. Sin corrupted God's intention. We didn't come out the way God wanted us to come out because of our sin. See, the only difference between some of us is that all of us, some of us have sins that are private. Uh, wait, wait, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me get this right here now. Let me, see this here. Let, me see, let me get it right now. It said the only difference between some of us is that some of us have public sins. And all of us got some private sin. Now, I don't know about you, but one of the things I thank the Lord for is that most of my sins are private. Look to your neighbor and say this. 
I am grateful that most of my sins are bright. After all, now, I mean, uh, we don't want all of our sins to hang out where everybody can see them, do we? <laughs> because if our sins begin to uh, start hanging out where everybody can see them, some of us on the pulpit will have to leave. Some of our deacons will have to get off the deacon boat. Quiet members have to turn in the road. Ushers have to get off the door and just sit down. See, there's something wrong with all of us today. For there is more in the clay. But notice this. Our text today says that the clay is marred, but the potter doesn't throw the clay away. doesn't throw the clay away. Now he got a junkyard there where he can throw the old pieces of the clay away. But in this instance, when the clay doesn't turn out the way the potter intended for it to be, the potter doesn't throw the clay away. But he keeps on working on that same piece of clay until he gets the imperfection out of the clay. Now, I don't know about you today. I'm grateful that the Lord hadn't thrown me away. I'm grateful that God has not cast me away into the sea of forgetfulness. I'm grateful that God has not thrown me away, but he keeps on working on me. Look to your neighbor and say this. I am grateful that God is still working on me. Amen. He keeps on working on me, sometimes in the valley, sometimes on the mountaintop, but he keeps on working on me. Sometimes when I'm down, sometimes when it's up, but he keeps on working on me. Through the fire and through the rain and through the flood, he keeps on working on me. Sometimes he takes me the way I don't want to go, but he keeps on working on me. He pulls on me. He presses on me. He shapes me. He spins me all around, but he just keeps on working on me. Keeps on working on me, trying to make me what I ought to be. And I'm celebrating that this morning. I'm celebrating the fact that I'm not what I want to be. I'm not what I ought to be. I may not be what God wants me to be, but I am grateful I am not what I used to be. Lord have mercy. What a merciful God we have. I'm glad that God is still working on me. I'm grateful that God is still working on me. He's shaping and molding me into perfection. And I want to celebrate that this morning. 
that I'm in the process of getting better. Are you in the process? Repeat, tell somebody next to you, say, I am grateful that I'm still in the process. God is working on you. Can you see some improvement in your life? Can you see something that you used to do that you don't do anymore? Can you see some new direction in your life? Can you see any power in your life? See, I want to celebrate that I ain't complete, that God is not doing me yet, but I'm in the process. I'm still in God's hand this morning. But I know one day, one day, God is going to be through with me. And when he does, I'm going to come out like pure gold. Say this. God is not through with me. But one day he will. I will come out like pure gold. So in closing, let me say this. You see, what it means to be a sinner saved by grace. That's what it means to be a sinner saved by grace. You see, a sinner that has not met God is a sinner that is not protected by the hands of God. But those of us who are in the hands of God simply means that we have been saved by the grace of God. It's not because of who you are nor anything you have done, but because God has put up with us. And I'm glad this morning that I am in his hands. I'm not what I ought to be, but I am in his hands. He's still working on me. There's good hands to be in. He's protecting me. He's keeping me. His powerful hands are always around me. Now, aren't you grateful? Aren't you grateful that God is in, that you are in God's hand? I know I am. I'm grateful of the master hand. He holds me and protects me. And that's why I am eternally optimistic and eternally grateful. That's why I believe that things are going to get better because we're in God's hand. And if you're in God's hand, it's going to be all right. to go through some sickness. But if you're in God's hand, it's going to be all right. You may have financial trouble, but if you're in God's hand, it's going to be all right. There may be wars and rumors of war, earthquakes and more earthquakes, but if you're in God's hand, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right because they're the best hands to be in. There's a commercial that goes like that. I believe it's all state said that if you are in good hands with all state. But I'm telling you, with God's hand, you're in better hands. I say that because they're the same hands that scooped up the valleys. They're the same hands that pushed up the mountaintops. They're the same hands that streaked across the sky. They're the same hands that caused stars, the moon, the sun to shine. They're the same hands that changed tadpoles and the frogs. They're the same hands that changed 
caterpillars and the butterflies. They're the same hands that put men and women together again. They're the same hands that heal the sick. They're the same hand to make the blind see. They're the same hand to make the lame walk. They're the same hand to make the dumb talk. They're the same hand to put shoes on your back, clothes on your feet, bread on your table. They're the same hand that laid down with one Friday night. They're the same hands that went into the grave for early Sunday morning. I say early Sunday morning. Early Sunday morning. The same hand got up from the grave and said, oh, grave, where is your victory? Oh, oh, death, where is your strength? The same hand they nailed on the cross. The same hand came and put you in his hand because he loved you so much. I want to thank God, each and every one of you, for assisting in this mission that our commander in chief, Reverend Reginald Buckley, has assigned us this morning. Doors of the church are now open. Doors of the church open. If you know Jesus Christ not as your Lord and Savior, his hands are open. His hands are open. He wants to put you in his hands this morning. If you do not know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, you can be come to know him and he'll be your Savior. If you just repeat this prayer, Lord Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner. I believe that you paid the price that I may have eternal life. Will you come into my heart and save me? If you said that prayer, will you come now? Will you come now? Don't be ashamed. God's hands are good hands to be in. If there anyone, God is a loving, merciful, Care God. If you need a church home, Cage Chapel is the place where we come to worship, we come to grow, we come to connect, and we go out to serve. If you want to be a part of this missionary work, will you come? Not only I, our pastor, the whole community, church family, we more than glad to welcome you and show you and guide you the way. Would that be one? He is faithful. It's a grateful thing to be to be in God's hand. Now there may be someone here that may have a situation. Whatever it is, no matter what it is, 
in God's hand, he has the remedy. If you're looking for prayer, will you come now? We have some prayer warriors here be willing not only to pray for you, but to pray with you. Would that be one? His gratefulness. God bless you. May he keep you in his hand. I just got the word that I am to do the benediction. <laughs> By any means necessary. that we may have an eternal life. You gave each and every one of us the opportunity, Lord, to become the righteousness of God. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit which guides us, directs us, and empowers us to do our will. So now may the grace of the Holy Spirit, the sweet union of the Spirit of God, leave us, move with us, and be with us, and bless us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. God bless you.